You have been led to believe that everything you have experienced isn't real. That there's an explanation. But what if they're wrong? What if something has reached out to you from beyond? Let me tell your true stories. Let me tell them. Until they all believe. everyone welcome back to paranormal and supernatural true stories this story is not the typical paranormal story i would definitely put this one more on the supernatural side of things and you'll soon see why thank you shana for sending this story let's not waste time let's get into angels down on the farm my name is shana This story is not like the usual ones that I hear on podcasts about the paranormal. Usually they are filled with scary ghosts or even possession, demons, and things going bump in the night. But what happened to me is different and is the reason I even listen to podcasts. I listen for others who have had a similar experience, and I have found a few. My experience began when I had just graduated high school. In the summer of 2001, my extended family was not real close. There were no family issues, at least that I knew of. But we had family living within 20 miles of us that we had not seen for many years. One of those relatives was my grandmother's sister. Us kids called her Aunt Lizzie. I had not seen Aunt Lizzie since I was around 12 years old or so by the time I had graduated. I had just lost my job and my boyfriend, and I had no future plans, so I was in an emotional funk. At this time, my mom came to me with news. She said that Aunt Lizzie had reached out through her grocery shopper. Aunt Lizzie had invited us to come visit. She wanted to see us on Sunday. We would have a meal together. To say the least, my mom and I were very curious what she could want to talk about. Since my grandmother's death, we hadn't really kept in touch with her. So Sunday rolled around and off we went to Aunt Lizzie's time machine. Let me explain. Aunt Lizzie lived on a farm. Well, what was left of it. She had parceled it out over the years since her husband's death and she was left with about 30 acres now. But this 30 acres was deep in the country. Her driveway was over a mile long and passed through some of the parceled land. It was beautiful country. Aunt Lizzie never believed in anything modern. She actually still used an outhouse. She had a well for water. She had an old cast iron cooking stove that used wood Along with that, she had a wood burner for house heat. Her house was lit with kerosene lamps and homemade candles. She planted a garden every year and canned all her own food. And she harvested her own meat from her yard of chickens and the nearby woods. Aunt Lizzie deer hunted, rabbit hunted, and who knows what else. Apparently, she could take care of herself just fine. But age. Age was catching up with her, and that was the reason she wanted to talk to us. Aunt Lizzie was a small-framed woman, 
not looking like the powerhouse that she was. Anyone that encountered her and underestimated her soon found out that her strength was not only inner. She had no issue with telling the truth. Even if it broke some social etiquette rules, she didn't mean it to be rude. She meant only to be honest. Her hair was silver gray and down past her lower back. She wore it up in a neatly braided bun. She dressed like a woman straight off of the prairie. Of course, she also made all her own clothes. I must say, though, I found her lifestyle intriguing, and I wanted to know more. We arrived at dinner time. Aunt Lizzie seemed thrilled to see us, especially me. My, how I had grown into a beautiful young lady, she exclaimed, and pinched my cheek. She motioned for us to come inside. Dinner was almost finished. The farmhouse had seen better days. She may have taken great care of herself, but that house needed repairs like yesterday. When you entered the house, it smelled of wood burning, baking bread, and a hint of kerosene. I know, it sounds weird, but honestly, it's a cozy home smell, an inviting scent. We sat at her handmade kitchen table, which was beautiful, and when we rose to lend a hand, she scolded us and said no invited guests were to help with the kitchen work. She finished cooking, served us our portions, bowed her head in silent prayer, and then we were welcome to eat. The food was amazing. Aunt Lizzie wasted no time in getting to the point of our visit. She wanted me to come live with her for the summer to help with the garden and stay until after harvest and canning were completed. It was her 96th summer and she was tired and feared the workload was just too much. She would pay, of course, and I might add, handsomely. I had agreed to this offer. I had nothing to lose and a world of knowledge to gain, living a prairie lifestyle and learning all Aunt Lizzie had to offer could only enrich my life, and my mother agreed. I would move to Aunt Lizzie's in two weeks, at the end of June. You're probably wondering when the paranormal will enter the story. Well, I really thought it necessary to explain Aunt Lizzie, her farm, her lifestyle. This way, you will know. I had no working phone, no outside communication at all while I was living there. And of course, there is no 911. I had settled into our routine of breakfast at 5 a.m., work the heavy work until 11, then lunch, maybe a quick nap depending on the workload, then feed and water the animals, and clean until dinner time, strictly at 5 p.m. Then bedtime was 8 p.m., at least for Aunt Lizzie. I stayed up and sometimes just sat around the front porch until after dark. She forbade me to go into the woods. She said it wasn't safe, and she didn't trust me with a gun yet to protect myself. But I had decided this day that, since she was sleeping, a quick little walk wouldn't hurt anything. I walked up past the barn and down through the pasture, crawled under the fence and into the woods. It was instantly darker as the sun was setting but I still had plenty of time before dark. 
I forgot to mention that Aunt Lizzie didn't live entirely alone. She had three huge livestock guard dogs. She also had a white German Shepherd, which, by the way, looked to be a wolf. But she swears it's a shepherd. I don't know, though. This, this thing was huge, and its paws looked too large for its body, like a wolf. But anyway, they all took to me, thankfully. They lived a free life, to wander at will. But their genetic code to protect kept them near the animals and Aunt Lizzie at all times. The white one was named Whitey. Yeah, I know. Aunt Lizzie wasn't one to humanize dogs like my family did. She saw them as working animals on her farm. They were treated well, but not coddled. Whitey followed me everywhere I went. He was the only dog allowed in the house, and only at night. He slept by my bed when he was in the house, as if it was his specific duty to take care of me. As I walked through the woods that night, keeping the field on my left, I loved how peaceful it was. The relaxing night sounds, already alive in the forest, it was entrancing. I sat on the log to soak it all in. I could see Whitey tracking me through the field. I decided to play hide and seek. I quickly found an old hollow tree to tuck myself in and waited. I could hear him sniffing around and getting closer. And then his big white face was in mine licking my entire face as if he were so proud that he had won the game and I was the prize. When I stood up, I began to head back towards the house when Whitey started growling. A low, guttural growl. And he was facing deeper into the woods, where now it was much darker. Well, Aunt Lizzie had said there were plenty of coyotes around. We'd best get back to the house. I was halfway across the field when I noticed Whitey was still standing at the edge of the woods, and then I saw the other three dogs joining him. They joined forces and just stood there. I hurried back to the farmhouse and went to bed. At night, there were all sorts of noises in the house. I figured it was just because the house was so old, but some of the noises sounded like, I don't know, like people talking. I was sure it was my imagination. I tried not to get freaked out. Aunt Lizzie had lived here her whole life, and a lot of it alone. I'm sure it was fine here. And I dreamed that night. I dreamed of bonfires and crowds of people talking. The next day, Aunt Lizzie gave me a free day. She did this often when we had caught up with the work. Today, she would be training me to use a pistol, a rifle, and a shotgun. I must say, I was a better shot than I ever expected to be. I was really getting to like this life. I was lonely for people my own age, but I totally thrived in this environment. Now that she trusted me to protect myself with a firearm, she allowed me to walk in the woods. One day... Whitey and I were strolling through the woods near the stream, and I heard something. A strange sound. Again, what was that? Whitey didn't answer me, but he paused as well. We were waiting to hear it again. 
I looked up into the trees as that seemed to be where it had come from. Then we heard it again to my left. I looked and saw something moving. Now, it's hard to describe this. I rubbed my eyes, thinking I had something in my eyes causing things to look blurred. But it wasn't my eyes. Whitey was growling now. He was seeing it too. It was as if a very large, human size, or even larger, piece of saran wrap was moving in the tree. Slowly. It was like something was there watching us. It had stopped moving now. I wasn't even sure I was scared. Like it was just too strange to be afraid of. I feel like my curiosity was overriding my fear. As I watched, it began to move through the trees very fast. Then suddenly, there were so many of them all around us, moving up in the trees, as if they had been there the whole time. But I had not seen them. They were all moving away from us, and fast, as if they were afraid of me, or maybe afraid of Whitey. It sounded almost like flock of birds. What the hell were these things? After they had all left, Whitey and I stood there, like the last people at a party, watching and listening. Let's get out of here, Whitey. Come on, boy. I had decided not to tell Aunt Lizzie. I didn't want her to be afraid. I wasn't done investigating this, though. That night... I dreamed of a bonfire again, and again, many people talking. But this time, the fire engulfed me in a blinding white light, and from all around me, many voices were saying, Do not be afraid. We are light. We are many. Alpha Legion. Light. Nothing to fear. Find us. I woke in a sweat. How bizarre this dream was. I felt touched by something, and I was not afraid. I was overcome with emotion, like as if I had just discovered the most valuable thing in the world. But what was it? I did not sleep anymore that night. Instead, I sat on the front porch, contemplating the dream and waiting for Aunt Lizzie to wake up. The next night, I dreamed again, only this time I had dreamed a symbol in flames. It was a triangle, but with small circles near the top and sides, and then the voice, FIND US! My aunt's grocery shopper had just dropped off her last month's newspapers and groceries. It was the only contact with the outside world. It was like we were separate from the rest of the world. I wished I had someone to talk to about my dreams. I know they were only dreams, but I really felt that they were significant for some reason. So I was cleaning the parlor room, as Aunt Lizzie called it and she had asked me to take down all the books and give the shelves a good cleaning. I was taking down each book 
wiping it, then carefully placing them in the same order on the floor. Aunt Lizzie came in and asked me if I was okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Why? You seem heavy-minded lately. Are, are you wanting to go home? Oh, no, no, not at all. I, I really like being here. I do wish I could take a drive now and then, though, but I love it out here. Well, she said, you seem troubled. Aunt Lizzie, I, I have not been sleeping well. I've been having dreams, strange dreams, with weird messages. Hang on, I said. I ran upstairs to get my journal. I read her the entry from the night of the dream and told her about the symbol in the fire. The look on her face, well, it was a little bit shock, but I could tell she knew something. What, Aunt Lizzie? What? What's wrong? Oh my, she said. Oh my, well, I never meant for this all to come up. Your, your mother will never let you come back here now. She'll think I was trying to teach you the old ways, the ways I was taught. Wait, I said. You know what the symbol is? Who am I supposed to find? No, no, no. I, I, I don't think I should get involved, she said. I'm too old and I'll be gone soon. Let the old ways die with me. Nobody else understands, nor do they want to. Don't you know that's the reason I was shunned from the family? Shunned, I said. I never heard anything like that. Yes, Shana. Shunned. Please, please, Aunt Lizzie, I beg you. I won't have anyone else to talk to about this besides you. Hesitantly, she said, Okay, I, I will tell you what I can. Our great-grandmother, Ayalia, born in the old country, practiced her own spirituality. It was never black magic or anything like that. Nothing evil. It was more of a love of nature, worshiping nature. But the Christians, they got a few things right. And one of them was what they call angels. Angels can appear to us in many forms. They can be spirits of the forest, water spirits. Some are good made of light, while others are made of night and darkness and are evil. They constantly try to influence humans. It's like a war for our obedience. And reading these newspapers, I see the tides have turned towards darkness. Your dreams are likely the light reaching to you. People used to find their own way, but with the times being so volatile, the Light must need to reach out to us. You should welcome the dreams. Don't be afraid. But Aunt Lizzie, what if it's darkness trying to trick me? Oh, so you know that it tries to trick us. Good for you. Because it can try. But not here. Not in this place. There's something special about this piece of land. And this can't be the only place like this. There are more. When you go home... You can research and study ley lines. Find out all that you can. Many things are attracted to ley lines, but darkness may not trespass. Wait, Aunt Lizzie, what do you mean by many things? Why, what have you seen, Shana? 
I told her about the saran wrap things that I had seen near the stream. She said she knew about those, and they never have come out of the woods. She believes the land itself prevented them from crossing. She didn't know what they were. She thinks maybe they are afraid of whoever can see them. She also thinks that whoever can see them is blessed with light. This was a lot to process. Aunt Lizzie, do you really believe in all this? She nodded and said, I know it all to be true. As did my great-grandmother, Ilea. As did all the women folk going back hundreds of years down to your mother. But she, she refused the light. The word of the light and anything to do with it. I'll not say anything more about her, except you will want to watch what you say to her about all of this. You may want to keep your beliefs to yourself. That is, if you believe. She looked at me then. Our eyes met. And I knew right then that what she said was truth. All of it. I don't even know why I believed it. But after all these years, I can tell you that it's absolutely all truth. Aunt Lizzie, who am I supposed to find, like it said in the dream? You must find others, like yourself, touched by the light. Those able to see, as you have seen. Where would I even look, and how would I even know, I asked. She just said, you'll know. So the rest of that summer was spent mostly in the same way I had already been spending it, except for harvest time. We worked ourselves silly, gathering all the fruit and vegetables. And when we weren't gathering, we were canning it. And I can tell you, I have no clue how she had done all this on her own all these years. I was exhausted at the end of the day and in bed even before Aunt Lizzie. Aunt Lizzie and I had many spiritual talks. We became very close. My mother came to visit a few times and then after all the work was done, it was time for me to leave. Honestly, I didn't want to leave. But my mother wanted me to come home and start thinking and planning for a future. A future I had no idea what to do with. I went to visit Aunt Lizzie a few times over the winter. I even took on her grocery shopper job just so that I could see her more often. For whatever reason, my mother started not liking me being there, even though I had spent nearly four months there. I found my Aunt Lizzie passed away in early spring. She had made it to 97 years old, and I wished I had more time with her. I found another farm for her dogs to live on and continue their work guarding livestock. They were treated well, and I visited them as often as I could. Her attorney, and who knew she even had an attorney, had called me to make an appointment to come to his office. At his office, he informed me that I was the sole inheritor of her property and all belongings therein. Along with the property, there was a substantial amount of money that she left only to me. I was flabbergasted, as she lived so simply and she could have owned a fully staffed mansion. Why had she not used this money to live on? 
I used some of the money for college. After college, I returned to the farm alone. My mind flooded with memories of her, our long talks. What to do with this property, I pondered. I, I had decided to keep it, not just because of nostalgia, but because of what Aunt Lizzie had said, that this land was special, and I wanted to find out why. I hired a construction crew to completely restore the old farmhouse and all other existing structures as well. While they worked, I started going through Aunt Lizzie's belongings. I would keep most of it, but much of it must be kept in storage until I could go through it. Carrying one box to the moving truck, I tripped and fell, spilling everything from the box. As I was repacking the box, I stopped and stared at a symbol, a triangle symbol with circles and an address in Europe. Aunt Lizzie must have known the whole time who I was to find and exactly where they were. I wrote this story to give others hope, to know there is something out there on our side as long as we are open to it. I think we are all so distracted and spiritually blocked, what with television, world events, not to mention the massive amount of electronics in our homes, media, the conventional churches telling us what to believe. All these things can take away our individual ability to make our own decisions, our own beliefs. I think there will be more to my story. I'm going to Europe in 2023. I'm not sure what I will find there, but I am very much looking forward to the adventure. In the meantime, might I suggest some quiet meditation? I know the world is fast and busy, but good things are speaking to us if we slow down enough to listen. Imagine Aunt Lizzie's farm. No electronics, no interference, no influence. Imagine a young girl with an open mind that was touched, perhaps by angels. Thanks for reading my story. To be continued. Wow, I, I can't even imagine this experience. I had never even dreamed of a story like this when I started this podcast. This story really speaks to my heart. I recently, oh, in the last few years, started meditating. I'm trying. And it truly slows your mind enough to be able to think. It's, it's a different thing and it feels fantastic. I can definitely attest to this being true. As for your trip to Europe, yes, please send us that story. So curious. I will be looking forward to hearing what you find out. Your Aunt Lizzie lived a good long life and knew so much more about the world than anyone could have imagined an isolated woman on a farm could know. I mean, she knew about ley lines? What a unique and sweet lady. I, I bet she just was awesome. I'm sorry you couldn't have spent more time with her and I would love to have met her. I will be thinking on this story for a while and honestly, it, 
it kind of comforted me knowing there is light out there. Not just the dark paranormal. There is a light side to it all as well. Keep sending these stories to me. I would love to explore more on this subject. Send your experience to mytruestory at myyahoo.com. Okay, well, that's all for today. Thanks for spending your time with me. And don't forget to sign up at Patreon to Tier 2 so that you have full access to all of my episodes, which includes The Shadow Files. All right, guys, enjoy. Thanks, love, peace, and bye for now. Thanks for being here today. Hope to see you next time on Paranormal and Supernatural True Stories. Will your experience be the next one I tell? Send all communications and stories to mytruestory at myyahoo.com. In the meantime, 